Hello and welcome to the AWPT podcast. <laughs> Today I have with me a very special guest. I have Laura, aka Green Wellbeing. Yes, yes. <laughs> aka probably one of the nicest profile grids I have ever seen. <laughs> so my first question, let's just jump straight into that. How do you make your your IG profile so pretty, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, it's it's definitely evolved over time. So like I've definitely been creating content for, you know, like I think I started when I first initially started my full-time job as an EP. So that would have been like four years ago. So this is something that has definitely developed over time and it's definitely something that I have gotten better at. I look back at some of my posts that I used to do and it's just like, oh, what were you thinking? So <laughs> if you're in at that stage, like, Taking messy action is the best way to get better at something. <laughs> yeah. But as it's evolved over time, like I've really thought about like my personal brand and like how mm. I want to like show up and I want my Instagram to be like a reflection of me. So I love like at the moment my steak, I'm loving it because it's like this is me. Like I love being outdoors. I love greens. I love, you know, like it sounds really lame, but like I love, like new balance fashion and I love everything like that so just Mm -hmm. being able to like seamlessly create in line with the things that I love has become super easy um having a good content strategy also is super super important because it makes creating content so much easier it's like I've got a plan and I look at it literally every day and I've got like you know a list of all my pain points and I'm like okay cool I'm going to create a piece of content in and around that today and then like different types of content in terms of like education um relate like funny relatable or um inspiring or um like connection with your audience it's like having like that solid plan is really really helpful because it's just like it makes it so much easier so yeah a lot of thought and like brainstorming goes in and behind it as well just Mm -hmm. being like what lights me up and what you know creates that creative flow and like let's let's go with that and let's create it so yeah it's it's a a forever evolving thing really and yeah um, yeah canva and planning your best friends yeah (laughs) yes I fucking love canva I could spend hours on canva (laughs) absolutely sometimes too long to like the perfectness in me definitely comes out sometimes and it's like okay let, let go here Laura but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Cause I do, I have like other friends who are like a PTs, coaches, mentors, that kind of thing. And there is like, number one, I think you do have to have that like masculine kind of structure and mm. have that like planning and that kind of thing. I have like a little bit of a different kind of, but you just inspired me because I I do love everything that you say you are saying. I like to like batch create content. So like yeah. I get like really inspired on a Sunday because I mm-hmm. Sunday is like my day to myself. And that's mm-hmm. when I'm like in my feminine, I'm like going out walking, I go to the sauna, I like do whatever it is that I want to do. And like ideas just kind of like flow to me. Love so I'll write down and like kind of batch create and they can't see what I'm doing with my fingers but quote unquote batch create content and then like through the week you kind of just like post it like when feels good for you but I love that because you do have to have I mean especially like yourself you're an online 
coach. So Mm -hmm. having that pretty profile and that kind of thing, it is important, right? Do you think, because there was a long time I was like, ah, no, it doesn't matter. Like that kind of thing. Do you think it is important? Has it, I mean, it would be like kind of hard for you to see like the return, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's necessarily like the specific aesthetic. I don't think that it's like the colors or the fonts or anything like that. I think it's about building a brand. So building brand awareness and anything that supports in that is like the real key because absolutely being able to build a brand in terms of like sharing my message and being like my message is non-restrictive we don't have to follow strict meal plans like training to get strong and having balance like that's the that's the thing that I'm trying to create within the aesthetic um so I don't necessarily think it's super important to everything to be perfect and pretty but just having um a recognizable thing that people are like yeah that's that's green well-being like I recognize that is the important piece yeah yeah for sure for sure and like you said before at the start it definitely is like you know getting your hands kind of dirty playing around with things finding what works for you and it's cool to see like how your business evolves over time as you evolve as a person as well Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. And just especially in like the confidence aspect of like, you know, starting out as a new coach versus like, you know, four years in, it's like a whole nother ball game. So it's, yeah, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which leads me into my next question. (laughs) What inspired you to study exercise physiology and sports nutrition? Yeah. So I like forever the sporty the sporty gal I was the active one you know like that was my identity so I was like of course I'm gonna pursue something in exercise so originally definitely thought I wanted to be a physio probably like most people do um but to be honest I didn't know what an exercise physiologist was I had no idea until I got accepted into uni because I didn't make it into a physio <laughs> um, <laughs> redirection <laughs> yeah that's right but like super grateful for that because after like two years of studying to be an EP I was like holy crap like this is it this is actually what I want to do because it's like the exercise component of the profession that I love and to become a specialist in exercise prescription and programming I was like yes this is cool I can help people without having to touch people because that's not just not what I like. I know lots of people like that and love that for them, but I was like, holy crap, like I'm so amazed that I found this space that I can really like prescribe exercise Mm -hmm. and help so many different conditions, like, you know, from like lifestyle to musculoskeletal to like mental health um, with just like a prescription of exercise. So, yeah, so got into it accidentally and Mm -hmm. realized that I actually love it. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what were your three biggest learnings throughout? Wait, how many years is it to do your exercise physiology degree? Um, It's a four-year degree. So it's like a sports science degree and then the clinical aspect. Well, that's how my university ran it. It was an extra year on top of that. So a four years in total. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And yeah, so what were your three biggest learnings? Yeah. So my three biggest learnings were definitely the first one I would have to say is being able to build rapport with people and having really good communication skills is literally like 
everything. Like, because the more you can like build that rapport with your clients, the more that you're going to be able to help them because they're going to be able to be open and honest and vulnerable with you. And if you're not be able to build that connection, they're never really going to tell you what's really going on because they can easily say that, yeah, I've got no time, but deep down, they're literally like afraid of what you're prescribing them. So um, super, super important to be able to do that. It also taught me like how to have confidence within like myself and like prescription and programming. And then um, most importantly, I think um, like being able to critically think and look as pro- look at problems as opportunities and like, you know, how to really be able to help my clients. Um, I found like being able to be a better listener especially Mm -hmm. and asking better questions makes me a better coach. And that's Mm -hmm. something I'm like uni started that, but that's something I'm continuously always doing is working on myself as a person. So therefore I can communicate better to understand where these people are really at. Yeah. The second thing that uni really helped me with was like personalized exercise prescription and programming and this is definitely something that I see really poorly done in the fitness industry and it hurts my heart because like I was I was I was in that space you know my training at group fitness and thinking that was exactly what I had to do in order to like reach my goals but it was like so far from that so the power of like you know like specific exercise to fix a specific problem is mm-hmm. huge because it like it accelerates your results you feel good like the it's like so amazing um and like for example like prescribing exercise you know for specific conditions especially like as EPs like you know from osteoporosis versus someone with like Parkinson's disease right like it's like you're using exercise in a specific way and like and it's going to look different. And I think that was really cool learning that through uni. Yeah, that's amazing. Same with like, um, you know, females who want to build muscle mass or versus someone who wants to run a marathon, like their exercise prescription should look so different. Very and good. I love the challenge in that. And mm-hmm. obviously uni like definitely helped me with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing uni really like really helped me with is the importance of like good movement screening like being able to look at someone's movement patterns and see where they're lagging and look at muscles, like, and looking more so at movements and just like quality movement. And that's something, especially in the EP degree is like, because it's like movement is for life, right? It's not like a, it's not something that like exercise is not something. Yes. Like, of course, it's going to help us drop fat, build muscle X, Y, and Z, but this is something that makes us like live longer and feel good and you know so yeah just being like really diligent on like looking at people's ranges of motion looking at their stability looking at their strength levels and then like testing and retesting like looking at everything like okay cool this is this is our baseline Mm -hmm. let's let's look at it again in like six months you know yeah so yeah they're the three biggest things I reckon yeah um yeah uni taught me yeah fucking massive my first point that I want to touch on the connection part, like that's huge because it is, it's mm. called personal training for a reason. That's mm. what I always like to tell myself. I was really good at building those connections with people, making them feel safe, especially mm. for women in the gym. It can be like, I mean, for men as well, let's not think. Um, yeah. It can sure. be a really, really scary thing. So to be able to, build trust with someone, have them build confidence in themselves Mm -hmm. is 
extremely life-changing. So that that's beautiful. Um, what was the second, what was the second point that you said? Um, uh, personalized exercise in line with people's goals. Yes. Yes. And have you done the, um, the eight week AWPT? Yeah. No, I haven't. I've, um, I don't know, no Zenya, but I did her six month mentoring after that I did, um, uni. So then I was like, I am PD'd out for now in terms of. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the fun though, as well as a coach, isn't it? Always, um, investing in your education and learning new things as you go. God. Yeah. Forever, forever a student. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was like probably my biggest learning in the AWPT, like the eight week course is just how different like women are Mm. structurally Mm. to men. And so how we have to cue differently and that kind of thing. How do you find, because I never fully transitioned into online coaching. How Mm. do you find doing the movement screening with the online coaching? Mm. um it depends it depends on like obviously starting always with like my screening um I have come to a point now where I like literally in our first session I get them to like do it so I literally like we do a movement screen on um on camera in our sessions I've also come to a place where like I can watch people move in terms of like their exercises and I'm like quite good at picking up things that I'm like okay cool we need to work on that we need to work on their hip extension we need to work on their patterning we need to work on their shoulder stability or whatever that may be um that was like it I reckon I I was watching YouTube videos and like really educating myself on this stuff like hardcore mm-hmm. like when I first graduated uni because like you know I graduated uni and then straight away started a full-time job in a physio practice and I was like ah, do <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yes I do it face-to-face in their first session but I also really am paying attention when they're sending me their videos and picking yep. up things what we need to work on like when they're sending me their deadlifts or sending me their overhead press and being like okay cool we need to work a little bit on serratus we need to work on um external rotation or whatever it may be so yeah amazing do you um do they send you videos of every exercise during every session do you look at everything um, it depends. It depends on the client and yeah. where they're starting at. So like if I notice that they have like, especially if they've got previous injuries, a lot of the time injuries happen, of course, if something is tight, something is weak, something is like um, poor motor control. So it depends. So if I pick up someone who has had like, you know, a shoulder injury, I'll be like, yes, I want to see like all your your rows, your overhead presses, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it depends. So yeah. Like if, but if they're like really good, then I'll get them always to send compound lifts and then um, assess from there. What else yeah. I need to Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's sometimes what I would do. Like I did mostly like face to face and yeah. then like gave my clients like a program and then on certain lifts, if they weren't like hundred percent comfortable or confident with the lift, they'd send it through Trainerize. Is that, yeah. um, do you use like a different kind of app or is that? Yeah, no, I do exactly the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. If they're unsure on their technique as well, for example. Yeah. I, yeah. I use trainerize. I want to change systems, I think, because I love being able to voice. 
communicate yes. with my clients because yes. typing out is like it's time consuming and yeah. I sometimes I just want to be like <laughs> yeah <I'm the> so, <laughs> so I think I'm gonna move like keep trainerized for my programming but then either like maybe use whatsapp or voxer just to have better yeah. communication with my clients yeah I've heard I've heard of voxer so it's like a, a, a same kind of just as like a whatsapp kind of thing yeah it's like the the walkie talkie I think oh. is what it's Cool. <laughs> all these different like tools and knickknacks and stuff that we use to help our clients that's beautiful or guide support I should say um which leads me into my next question what was or is your biggest challenge so wait let me backtrack a little bit because I had a little look at your profile um yeah. for like inspiration on like what to discuss today and yeah. I love your approach to nutrition so non-restrictive Fucking love a spicy margarita. Hell yeah. <laughs> about it. Yeah. So what's your biggest challenge when guiding women on that journey to a more non-restrictive uh, diet? Yeah, that's such a good question. The biggest challenge, honestly, is their mindsets in terms of their belief systems. So they're coming to me and they believe that they should be eating less and they should be training more. That's like the niche that I really um, have specialized in just because of my own background and I, my history of disordered eating and X, Y, and Z. So um, I know how they feel and it's it's really hard and it is challenging because they're terrified. and. Yeah because like I'm telling them to do something that they're so afraid to do because of that's actually what they believe. So the biggest challenge in and around what I do, especially is helping them through that. I love it. It's hard, but once they get it, it's like, it's actually life-changing. So um, the biggest challenge is also like the biggest reward. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And once they, I think, what has helped me in the past with my clients is speaking of of on your own journey because mm, that's absolutely. the proof is in the pudding and then once mm. they yeah they use uh, they <laughs> <laughs> they start to build that trust within themselves they're trusting your advice and then the results speak for themselves so they're having more energy, more clarity, more, you know, their sessions are better and they're seeing the the results. So it is um, definitely hard at the start, but then once you can um, break that kind of barrier, it really is life-changing, like you said. Mm. Um, and then that leads me on to my next question. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions that women believe how do you break it down then how do you re-educate them I'm just gonna grab a blanket I'm like cold that's so funny I'm so hot sitting here yeah Yeah, no I love that question because it's um yeah just flowing on from what I just said in terms of the biggest challenge is Mm. the misconceptions is is I have to eat less in order to lose weight I if I eat more, then I'm going to gain weight. And they're terrified of that, like avoiding carbs, avoiding bad foods, you know, food rules, like thinking their metabolism is broken, mm-hmm. feeling guilty for having a rest day. Mm-hmm. So what I do with my clients is I do a lot, a lot of coaching in and around building that healthy relationship with food. 
Like if someone is like coming to me and it's very common, like the 1200 calorie story, the 1400 calorie story, you know, feeling guilty, training like five, six times a week and they're irritable. They've got low energy. They've got irregular periods. As a coach in that space, like it has taken me time to come here, but like really being confident in my own delivery and being like, Mm. I really understand that you want to lose body fat and I'm absolutely here for that. But trying to lose body fat with all these rules, with all this like, you know, metabolic adaptation that they might have because of their low calories and their overtraining, there's a point where I have to come in and say, look, like I'm so excited to help you drop fat and achieve your dream body, but we have to go through a refit, like a, I call it a repair phase. And yeah. this is where I work on like, you know, overcoming their limiting beliefs and teaching them how to eat properly how to increase their calories how to you know eat carbohydrates and educating them on the importance of all of that and at the beginning they're like terrified because they're like oh my god I'm gonna gain weight I'm so scared but then once they you know like you said they build that trust and they see it and their energy improves their performance improves they don't gain fat they because they're eating at maintenance like I don't put them in a surplus mm-hmm. um they start and I teach them how to train properly in terms of like how to train at the right intensity how to apply progressive overload how to recover properly and then they actually start feeling stronger they're like on board they're like oh my God, this is what it's meant to be like. And it's like, it's such a transformational space. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of that so much. And I was having a thought as you were talking and I'm like trying to figure out like how I want to word this. So our role as coaches is to obviously like guide and support the women that are coming to us with these goals. Yeah. How do you find like number one, the delivery, like how Mm. are you doing um, like weekly educational calls? Is this something that you go through on the, the first kind of, I can't think of the word, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, my first phase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a great question because it honestly, it's it's so important as a coach to have a clear plan Mm. for the client. So they know exactly what to expect. They understand, okay, cool. This is why I have to eat at maintenance. And this is the result that I'm expecting to get at this spot and then I explain to them okay cool this is what we'll do for this time then once you're feeling like this then we're going to move into this phase and have that like I apologize that's fine <laughs> stop that you <laughs> um yeah and then having like a super laid out crystal clear plan on how they're going to achieve their goals because I know a lot of women are like um like results based and they want to see results But like, you know, if someone's eating 1200 calories and they want to drop fat, you can't drop their calories anymore and you can't get them to um, train more. So it's about really educating them in on that. And then they they understand once they go through it. So how I do it with my clients is, um, well, this is actually, (laughs) I'm in the, at the moment, I'm actually in the phase of like restructuring my business because I see 
this this has been a problem now after like you know coaching online for like one and a half years I've there's a pattern and I've seen it and Mm -hmm. I really want to create a space and opportunity for it to be more obvious for the clientele to be like okay cool like what they're kind of signing up for so what I'm going to do and I'm like launching it really soon and I'm super excited about it is I'm going to create like a system and I'm going to like create my own framework in terms of okay cool you're in phase one amazing once you meet here then you're going to go into phase two so phase one will be that repair phase and then phase two is going to be like the action phase and then phase three is going to be that maintenance phase so teaching them how to maintain the results after they get it Um, and through that I'm going to be doing like I'm going to do some pre-recorded modules so they have that education so they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it as well as some live coaching because it's the mindset piece that is the complete game-changing thing and that's really hard to sell because you you people don't really understand it mm. until they're like sitting there and being like oh right like anyone can give meal like a meal plan and macros right but it's <laughs> like it's that's not going to get someone to do it or it's not going to change their beliefs exactly so it's like so yeah educational components and live coaching is how i deliver that <laughs> yeah that's amazing. Yeah, exactly like you said, it's hard to sell that mindset thing because you can't see it. Whereas exactly. like people can Yeah, yeah. People can see they're like, I want that. Or yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. That's beautiful. That's so exciting. It is really exciting. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So is that through like a, a teachable kind of thing? Or is that all gonna be on your trainerize? Mm. So I think I'm actually going to convert to Kajabi just because of um, I've heard about it being super user-friendly and just, um, you know, creating modules and things like that on there is really user-friendly. At the moment, I'm just putting everything on my website, but it's a bit clunky and time-consuming and I just want it to be um, most importantly easy for the client because I have found if anything's too hard, they're not going to do it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Humans by nature, we're, we're lazy creatures. So I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. If you can make it as easy as possible. Yeah. It's like when implementing like a new habit, you know, if it's Mm. easy, if the book is there, you're going to read the book, but if the book is somewhere else as is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. So then, I mean, that kind of ties into like, what is your dream for the women of the world with the work that you do? Yeah. My dream, honestly, is I want every single woman in, woman in this world to have that freedom in their lifestyle. Yeah. Like I don't want them to be having to stress about their calories, stressing about their macros, stressing about, you know, every little detail. And like, I want everyone to feel like, so free like when they go on a holiday or when they're in their relationship with their partner because like your food relationship and your body image like it ties on so much to every other aspect in your life and if that, if you're not free in that space everything is so heavy and so hard and everything is just thoughts about food all the time so I want 
like I've had so many amazing chats with my clients over the last few months and they're all going on holidays for the first time and they're being able to experience the holiday and being like, holy crap, like this is the first time that I've felt free from food. Like I'm not stressing about the calories that I'm over consuming or how I have to work them off or how um, I can like eat balanced and, you know, know that when I come back, I don't have to have the mindset of, oh, I have to start again. So that's my ultimate dream for like, for everyone to like fuel their bodies correctly, Mm -hmm. learn how to get strong and feel confident in their bodies and in the gym and just live a freedom-based lifestyle. Um, Yeah. Freedom-based lifestyle every day. Yeah. I love that because that's something that I value immensely as well. Freedom. And Mm -hmm. We've said it so many times in this podcast, but it really fucking is life-changing when you can give that to a woman, to a man, to anyone like that. Like you said, it just frees up so much more energy, so much more mental space to do things that actually matter. And look, it's okay to like want to look good. Yeah, absolutely. Totally on board with that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Having both and learning how to have both and that it is possible for everyone is that's that's the dream that's the mission (laughs) (laughs) I love it what a beautiful mission that is (laughs) amazing thank you so much for jumping on today Laura I'm feeling super inspired myself after this conversation so I'm sure that our listeners are going to be super inspired as well if you want to check out Laura's beautiful Instagram (laughs) uh, it is at green wellbeing yeah underscore underscore yeah at green wellbeing underscore that's me me. yeah and and if anyone wants to connect love chatting and love like meeting other coaches it's so fun just like because it can get lonely being especially as an online coach is because like my clients my ride or dies love them so much but it's also really nice to connect and chat about you know client cases and x y and z so love that as well yeah awesome awesome Thank you again, Laura. Pleasure. Thank you.